first we take the most succulent slices of science fiction and drizzle them generously in fantasy. Then we garnish with a mouthful of Doctor Who and follow it up with a side order of Star Trek. This isn't just any podcast. This is a Staggering Stories podcast. Welcome, welcome, and welcome once again to the show. I'm Crumbly, fresh back from lion spotting in Bath. I'm Fake Keith, fresh back from a bit of a headache. I'm Adam, fresh back from London. Woo! And I am a bit of an idiot. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm real Keith, fresh and back. I'm Jean. From... I'm not here at the moment because I've got <laughs> laryngitis. <laughs> and I sound a bit like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear listeners, from that you can gather we are a genius tonight. We are. Mm-hmm. She's yes. at home feeling sorry for herself yes. with her cats. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. <laughs> Our cats are with you. Now, you'll notice there, yes. we've been told off, well, I've been told off for being a bit rude. Yeah. And yeah. I managed to get out a sentence about Jean being alone with her cats without resorting to one pussy joke. I think you've just <laughs> spoiled it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That will be the only one. Uh-huh. To be sensible uh-huh. all evening. Uh-huh. Anyway, sweeping that faux pas under the carpet, it's time to wade through the cowpats of information and fall face first into the news with El Presidente. Ooh. Right, Doctor Who is going to the West Country. Who are? <laughs> I am a cider drinker. Oh, I drink I've, shit all Guys, yeah. I've just read it. It's the wrong West Country. Oh, oh. Okay. okay. Lay it on me. But I'm going to read it like this anyway. Oh, God. <laughs> Doctor mm. Who is filming in the United States of America again. Can you know what picking? BBC America. Re- oh. Again, I, I is, there a, to... is there a full stop after again? Um, yeah. I yes. think they're. I um, think they're. Yeah, I don't know when they. Ha- I don't know when else they have filmed in America. because no, because the last American shot. I'm waggling my was fingers in Canada. Really, it was actually in. That's Canada. North America. No, it's Canada. North I, I America? I think any Canadian readers would <laughs> oh. really quibble. Readers? Readers, readers or listeners <laughs> would, would really quibble if we said they were from America. I know <clears throat> some of them do... Um, you sound very know, sexy I, with a cold. <laughs> <laughs> some of them do dislike Americans, as the United States of America, mm. taking America as their own, because they're Part not. Of it. Yeah. Mm. They're actually a different country. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. we're getting off the but point. Anyway, yes. anyway yeah, um, yeah, we're Canada. Sorry. I'll start again. Doctor Who is filming in the United States of America again. <laughs> BBC America released the following press statement. Can you help me get these pigs in? <laughs> and the press statement reads as follows. The BBC announced today that season six of Doctor Who, which delivered regular ratings for BBC America early this year, were, were open with a spectacular two-parter set in the US 
and penned by Dr. Suhu Supremo, Stephen Muffet. The vast toffee. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Production. <laughs> Sorry, I've lost the accent. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Production on episode... No, that's not even... That's better, I get it. You're back again. Production on episodes one and two of the new season starts in Cardiff this month. Mm. And Max Smith, Karen Gillan and Arthur Darville... Isn't he lovely? (laughs) (laughs) Jumped accents. I don't know where it's gone now, but... You're you're in Liverpool now. Liverpool. No, no, I'm in Liverpool. (laughs) (laughs) We'll then travel to America in mid-November to shoot pivotal scenes. Showrunner and lead writer Stephen Moffat, the vast toffee, Amen. Amen. said, The Doctor has visited every weird and wonderful planet you can imagine, so he is bound to get round to America eventually. <laughs> and of course, every Doctor Who fan will be jumping up and down and saying he's been in America before. Yep. After three, one, two, three, he's, he's been, been in America, America before! before! Carry on. But not for real, not on location, and not with a story like this one. Oh, you wait. Piers Fenger, head of drama, BBC Wales, and executive producer, added... Stephen scripts generally inspire us to go the extra mile. This time... (laughs) 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 This time we're going for that extra 4,000. He made a funny... Thanks to our friends at BBC America and to the continuing ambition of our lead writer and production team, the first two episodes of Matt Smith's second season as the Doctor are going global and look set to become Doctor Who's most action-packed and ambitious season opener set. Would you like a tissue? Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to empty your spit valve? Well, they did film a few plates, didn't they, for Muppets of Manhattan? Yeah, yeah. They they so they have filmed. They they took. They didn't actually take the actors. No, they didn't take the actors. They 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 took some bod to film the skyline. Yeah, Yeah, I think they took the film crew, Russell T Davis, and a few of the uh, people of Johnny. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be much different this time. There's only a few pivotal scenes. Yeah. So a few of them out by the landscape. Yeah, yeah. The rest of it's going to be filmed back here in a studio. Yeah. So it's, it's the sort of scenes where um, polystyrene rocks just aren't going to cut uh, it, cut, and no, they needed no. the real no, rocks. Yep. real Kirk-style rocks. Oh, so isn't yeah. Kirk's rock gone now? Didn't it get sucked down uh, in an earthquake There was an earthquake <laughs> in, in the area, so I'm not sure if the, <laughs> the landscape has been subtly remoulded. When we go but, to America next year, can we go and see if Kirk's Rock's still there? But I know, I, I know, yeah, I know when, when he fell off that the thing, scene, it destroyed it, didn't it? The scenes of Vulcan, the scenes of Vulcan mm. was filmed around the area. Okay. They didn't Rock, really destroy the, the area. No, no, know, no. So, <laughs> so, it was special effects. <laughs> <laughs> not a bit of a shot that fell off that uh, gantry. Yeah. That caused well, devastation. That's what caused It's been fun. <laughs> so we somehow managed to get a bit of Shatner bashing into a Doctor Who news. Uh, it's a good yep, podcast. Yep, 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 yep. Well done. <laughs> Not good podcast unless you can bash Shatner. More news. More news. Bash the Shatner. <laughs> okay. Um, more uh, news. More news. BBC forecasts Dirk Gently. Ooh. Mm. Rather than roughly. The BBC has just announced that Green Wings' Stephen Mangan has just been cast in BBC 4's very loose adaptation of Douglas Adams' Dick Gently's holistic... Dirk. Dirk Gently's... (laughs) 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 (
Shall I try that again? Yes, you yeah, should. Okay. Better. <laughs> okay. It's not Dick Gently. No, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Well done, that man. <laughs> Thank you. Dirk Gently operates his... In- Eponymous. Eponymous. I couldn't pronounce that. I'm in June C, you see. Oh, yeah. Eponymous Detecting Agency, based on the fundamental interconnectedness of all things. Could I just point out that of all the people to have to read this particular article, (laughs) you were a really bad choice. I know, I know, I know. Perpetually broke, hopelessly chaotic and utterly infuriating, most people suspect Dirk is nothing more than a cheap common. And they may be right. But nevertheless, his methods, though unusual, do often produce surprising results. When Dirk sets out to solve an apparently simple and harmless disappearance of a cat from an old lady's house, he unwittingly uncovers a double murder, which in turn leads to a host of even more extraordinary events. Dirk Gently is a one-hour, one-off drama being directed by Damon Thomas, the first men in the moon and Crooked House, for BBC4. Shooting has already commenced in Bristol for winter 2010-2011 transmissions. Mm -hmm. Doctor Who gets America, Dirk Gently gets Bristol. Bristol. (laughs) Um, The question I have to ask, is this actually based on, or is it uh, uh, an original story? It sounds like it's based on the first book, Mm, Dark Murder. So I assume they've reworked it a fair bit, given the the loose adaptation. Yeah, Yeah. it's only an hour long, so... Yeah, Yeah, an hour long, yeah, indeed. And I think the first book was based on Shada, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So look forward to that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, who is it on radio? Harry Enfield. Harry Harry Enfield, that was it. God, you've got a good memory. I have. (laughs) (laughs) Any more news? Feed the throat. The throat of Lucas. Sounded Uh like Scooby-Doo, though. (laughs) 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 Star Wars in 3D. (laughs) (laughs) Lucasfilm has officially announced the six Star Wars films to be converted to 3D in a cutting-edge conversion. Oh, bloody hell, it's not a cutting-edge conversion. It's a way of getting more money out of people by changing Quick, something get the paper that back. doesn't get the need paper back. Put it on a head. Put it on a head. <laughs> now breathe deeply. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> That's being supervised by Industrial Light and Magic. According to the company's press release, There are a few movies that lend themselves more perfectly to 3D. From the Death Star Trench Run to the Tatooine Pod Race, the Star Wars Saga has always delivered an entertainment experience that is completely immersive. Uh-huh. Star Wars The Phantom Menace is expected to be released theatrically sometime in 2012. How does that man get his voice to go so low? <laughs> <laughs> right, the question is, what are they going to change? Yeah, I'm not saying a damn thing. Well, cons- <laughs> considering I promised I wouldn't be rude. <laughs> considering uh, Greedo shot first in the last reimagining, and re- I think he's at the moment he's shooting about the same time. Yeah, Well, what they'll change is there'll be no illicit romances between the future Darth Vader and the mother of his children, <laughs> <laughs> and twins are a sign of being overly flirtatious. So we'll make Luke a single child. Okay, and okay. Will be adopted later on. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, it's okay for him to kiss her. Yeah, to kiss her. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Mm. He's still technically brother and sister, and that's somewhat frowned upon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although I must say, my particular no. 
No, I'm not allowed to say anything rude. Oh, okay. oh come, come on. on, you know you want no, to. No, no. You'll burst before the night's out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be messy. Andy's sitting right next to me. He'll be the one who's covered with offal. And oh. Awful. From, and from the remains of cake. And remains of cake. Oh, we've had cake, by the way, because oh, yes. real Keith is exceedingly old tomorrow. Which will be about six days ago when you listen to this. <laughs> Real Keith turned 46 on Wednesday. He'll be the same age as me. Yes, and Crumbly's dropping off. So <laughs> <laughs> this is now the old man's club. <laughs> <laughs> so we should all say happy birthday to Real Keith. Here, one, two, three. Happy birthday, Real Keith. Happy birthday, Real Keith. Happy birthday, Real Keith. Happy birthday, Real Keith. Thanks for joining in, El Presidente. Your contribution was much appreciated. While we're being nice to people, I suppose we should say hello to the menagerie. Oh, yes. We'll start with the head of Pertwee. One, two, three. Smiling vanilla. Hello, head of Pertie, and your jolly smiling face. And now we'll say hello to Cardboard Amy. Hello, hello, Amy. And now we should say hello to miniature plastic Amy, who I'm really not sure what she's doing to that console, but it's not legal. <laughs> hello, hello, miniature plastic, plastic Amy. Doing something weird to the console that's probably not legal. And hello to the miniature Darth Vader and Stormtrooper who are sitting in the chocolate bowl. The soft, the cuddly. Yes, the cuddly. Cuddly. Well, the more stressed toy. A stress toy. Mm. Oh, are we allowed to squeeze him? <laughs> <laughs> I want to squeeze Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any more news? Any addendum? Oh, we've got a couple of bits, certainly. We uh, have late breaking news. Well, yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack track listing for <clears throat> Series 5 of Dog 2 is out. Ooh. And it's a double disc again. Okay. Which is good. Looks really comprehensive, actually. So that's on Gallifrey Newspace. Okay. When's that out? It is out on the 8th of November, 2010. Cool. What else have we got? Something called the Doctor Experience. I can see it flashing on your laptop. Crash it into London in 2011, but I have no idea what it's all about. Oh. Mm. Go to doctorexperience.com. Is this oh. going to be another stage play, do you think? No, I think it might be um, an exhibition. Mm, yes. Ooh. Just why it mm. says experience, and I think we've had... We can do a sign-up, and just put your name in there. Yeah. I don't know what it's all about. Yeah. I have one final addendum. Dum, 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 dum. Back to the Forbidden Planet Irregular Ooh. Doctor Who miniature, or, or what is it? Um, what's the name of the company? Character Options, that's hey. it. Character hey. Options, it's there. I've still got it. I'm on the ball. <laughs> I think Ethelred's a much yeah. better name. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. Steve. The, the Forbidden Planet. Steve, uh, oh. Steve the company. <laughs> He, he started has to, it. He has to edit it down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll come at you with the taser. How about a swift round of what happened on Easter? Did you see EastEnders? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Wasn't it yeah, sad? Yeah, and yeah, the bit like, where the dinosaur yeah. came. That was amazing. Yeah, dinosaur. <laughs> mm. Nice from the Carnival of Monsters. Ah, mm. so it's anyway, anyway, Character Options mm-hmm. has yes. now Good released <laughs> another irregular pack through the Forbidden Planet. Why is it called an irregular pack? Because it's not on wide release, it's just being released through the Forbidden Planet. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Where they have released virtually all of the Daleks from uh, Remembrance. You have the Dalek, Rambo Dalek? The, the Black and Silver Dalek Supreme. Cool. The standard grey and black Dalek. Ooh, cool. The white and gold Dalek. Cool. 
and the Rambo Dalek. Yay! In, in one pack. And as I said, I think they can only be gotten through Forbidden Planet UK, the website. Mm-hmm. So you can get them from the website or walk into the shop and say, I'll have that one, please! Thank you for that news, Real Keith. <laughs> that was much appreciated. Anyway, next. Uh, one last piece of news quickly. Oh, another piece of news. Final addendum. The first men on the moon. Mark Gatiss's uh, thing on BBC Four. Ooh. I was about to quibble Mark Gatiss being the first man on the moon there, but then I realised you were talking about a programme. It's not <laughs> real. And it's first men in the moon. Uh, on the moon, it? says him. Oh, oh well. Shush, dear. No, it says in. Yeah, the page is on the BBC site is confused. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it will be airing on BBC Four on Tuesday the 19th October 2010 at 9pm. What's it about? It's uh, an adaptation of the H.G. Wells' ah. First Men in the Moon. Yes. Mm. Okie dokie. Sorry, dear, you were right. Well, that's not what it says at the top. It's Smug mode. Moon, yeah. Shouldn't trust the BBC. Yeah. They employ Jonathan Ross. <laughs> if you don't stop dancing, I'm going to throw your own stomach at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> You can't beat him, confuse him. <laughs> so that concludes the news. Thank God for that. <laughs> it took a while. You, took that, a, took about sensible. an hour, that did. Right, El Presidente, Real Keith and Construct Number 2 went to London last week to watch Doctor Who Live. Ooh. Construct Number 2 wouldn't be seen dead accompanying his parents anywhere, let alone talking into a microphone. Indeed. Yep. So we'll have to leave it to El Presidente and Real Keith to tell us what happened. <laughs> Right, yes, so... <clears throat> Excuse me. You couldn't cough when the theme music was going, could you? No, you had to cough afterwards. <laughs> well, I need to make an event to clear my throat. You need to make an event. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> 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 I need an event! She's <laughs> <laughs> making an event right oh, yes. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a crisis. Mm. <laughs> We're in a student's crisis chair, so... <laughs> a smelly chair by now. <laughs> anyway, right, um, at the weekend, Saturday, we made it up Saturday, didn't we? But some of us got in there earlier. I did. you did. get a freebie? He got a freebie. I got a freebie on the opening night, Ooh, yes. Yes, but... Big, it, thank you to Rob Hughes for that. Yep, big thumbs up. We have to mention this because he moaned last time. When we arrived, there was somebody there writing his own review. Was that yes. young Tim? That was young Tim of Young Dewey's. Tim Drury? Yes. Yes, he was Take there. On. He was there quickly scribbling out because he'd been to see the matinee version. Who was it yes. again? Tim Drury. Hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. But anyway. Do you think he'll be happy now? I think he should be happy mm, now, okay. yeah. <laughs> he won't hit us anymore. No, he'll probably hit us now for taking a mickey of the fact Taking that we, a mickey. Taking a mickey. Just the one. <laughs> Not the two, the one. Okay. And it was a little one at that. So it's a, a, it was a miquette. You're making up words now. <laughs> <laughs> We've discussed this before. It's not okay, acceptable. let's get on with the review. Okay. Uh, okay. Basically, the same layout was more or less the proms. You have mm. uh, small snippets of music, uh, video footage, and monsters coming from the corridor, people in, in the costumes coming out from behind us and coming through the fire exits and sort of running through the audience. I particularly <laughs> am pleased that he stressed 
Now, they mm. weren't real monsters. They were people in, in costumes. costumes. <laughs> that would have worried me. Well, <laughs> Especially having... considering I put him in charge of construct number two, who has been known to have the attention span of a dyslexic squirrel. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> having, having listened or watched some members of the audience, when the monsters first started charging down the, uh, the stairwells, yeah. there was, in front of us there was a little kid about... Oh, must have been about... Five to eight, I'm not too sure. Five to eight. Yeah, between either Everyone five else had or gone eight. By then. No. <laughs> um, sitting on the outside of the aisle with his mother, as soon as the monsters stormed past, they swapped places. Was he scared? Because mm. he was scared. Oh, yeah. I'd like to yeah. point out that construct number two is made of sturdier stuff. Yes. <laughs> he was three people back, so he wasn't anywhere near the aisle. But um, the story wise, I think it is uh, pretty flimsy to. Just, mm. just for an excuse to get these monsters coming up on stage and acting with the audience. Yeah, it's quite panto in that yeah. regard. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, oh no, it oh. isn't. Oh, oh yes, yes, it is. It is. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's very panto, but I don't mean that in a. He's behind a, a, you again. I don't mean that <laughs> in a nasty Davies. way. He <laughs> said we'd be not rude. Keep his to himself. Yeah. Where was I? Yes. It's a, it is very pantomime, but I don't mean that in a nasty or derogative way. It's a, it very, gets very much involved in the audience. Certainly in the second half, where we, people were booing and hissing. Water. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, the, there was booing and hissing? Because he was, yeah. the, he was the bad guy. Oh, oh, that's quite the end. missed the booing and hissing. Oh, you missed oh, really? the booing and hissing, yes. Oh. Oh. The music for it was very, very good, considering it was uh, just a cut-down audience. Uh, audience? Cut-down band of... <laughs> cut-down audience. They gave the audience the instruments. <laughs> yeah. Cut-down audience of what, how many? It, the band's about 16 players, I Yeah. Yeah, so, and they, they, how can I put it, uh, jazzed and rocked up a mm. few of the tracks, you know, yeah, the, well. the electronic... Quo does who? It's a bit more uh, Jeff Beautiful. Wayne, I thought. Yeah. Certainly at some point. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But basically, the basic storyline is, it's a semi-sequel to Carnival of Monsters. Yep. And Vorgson, son of Vorg, yep. has, has built and created himself a minimizer. And he has taken various creatures and monsters from the universe, miniaturised them into his gauntlet and a big monitor screen behind him. I <laughs> wish people could see the actions you're making, <laughs> especially for gauntlet. Through the square. I'm a don't... moose. I'm a moose. You're a moose, yes, you are. <laughs> Constipated <laughs> moose. Again, friends or, in Canada, we apologise. Or a rutting moose. <laughs> and and he's taken uh, creatures and monsters from Doctor Who, have miniaturised them, and in, uh, they are contained in individual compartments in the gauntlets. Like that, That's the it? impression yeah. you're getting. So it's like a Noah's Ark for monsters. Mm. Yep. Type yep. of thing. And he, he's taking them on a tour of the galaxies as a travelling show. Oh, so a travelling circus. Basically, yeah. yes, mm -hmm. basically. But there is a hidden, darker purpose of underneath. Of course there is. Dun, 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 dun. dun. <laughs> the, uh, Vorgerson is... Are you going to spoil it for people? No. Okay. <laughs> Vorgerson is played by uh, Nigel, Nigel Planer. Very, very well. Very over the top. Very Excellent. Mm. Yep. 
He he comes across slightly as a um, an oily used car salesman. I think that's the best way to describe him. <laughs> Snake oil salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's initially it's when things begin to go wrong. They're not his fault. You know, he just placed the Cybermen there. He's not his fault that he's gone and they have gone round and cybertized a couple of members of the audience. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, as one does. Yeah, as yeah, as, yeah. as one does. Over to me. Well, so various you. standout moments. What well, what were your thoughts? I wasn't sure what to make of it, particularly on the first night, of course. And uh, I was quite ill on the first night. <laughs> oh, well. was, was that bad, sick. or was yeah. just general... So I, I did come away... I quite enjoyed it, but I was a little disappointed. I expected more spectacle to it, because there was this big thing about uh, all special effects, and they employed the twins, who were some magic performers, to uh, make a creature fly in the, at the end of it. And I expected a bit more of that than we got... But once you get over that, when I watched it a second time, I really enjoyed it the second time, particularly. It is very much the proms yeah. with a bit of linking narration, effectively. It is a one-man show. More or less, yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. You've got the monsters in their suits. And, uh, you've got the Doctor on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, Vorgensen is talking to the audience, or occasionally to, to some of the, the creatures, but mainly just to the audience, or to himself. Yeah. Construct number two particularly enjoyed the... Um Weeping Angels and yes. the Cybermen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Watching it, there were a few very good standout moments, mm. and, and one of them, for me, I was well, very impressed by uh, the Weeping Angels. Yes. Because you, um, through the course of the show, various things have happened, and then suddenly all the lights snap on, and we get a squad of policemen running into the area, saying there's been disturbances, everyone remain in the seat, this place is now under police control, we're here to sort out what has gone wrong. As this is going on, the back, two angels, two statues rise up through the stage. And they're mm-hmm. not, obviously, they're not moving. They're mm-hmm. transfixed. Uh, the police go through the audience. Just before they go on the stage, all the lights go out. And the police, by that time, have clipped on their torches. The statues are under spotlights, so we can see them the whole time. Two of the coppers go up onto the stage and start poking the statues. And so, <laughs> guys, we've, we've got a... We've got a couple of statues. They should be in a graveyard. We've got no idea what's going on here. And at th- that point, all the lights suddenly blaze on, so you can't see a thing because there's too much light there. When the lights go off again, the statues are in a different police position, and the policemen are gone. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> mm, very Interesting. Very, very atmospheric the way oh, they yeah. did it as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because during that whole time, you have the monitor screen with the angel from Time of the Angels on it. So each time the monitor screen blurs, the angel is in a different position. It's closer. (laughs) We we do have one little complaint, though. Oh, really? Um, El Presidente forked out 20 quid on a T-shirt on which there was a spelling mistake. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Apparently the show is going to the Cardiff Arena, the Wembley Arena, the Sheffield area. Yes. (laughs) That's entirely sure. Where in the Sheffield area? <laughs> it's, it's the tour T-shirt, yes. Yeah. So, proofreader needed for T-shirt. <laughs> yep. I was also, personally, I was quite well impressed by the uh, the level of special effects we had. I suppose I, mean, so. I didn't. I didn't go in... I didn't know who'd done it, so I didn't go in with your preconceptions the first time. I, yeah, I had ex- expected a bit more magic-type effects. Than we uh, had, but... So one of the things I did notice, it was uh, the final battle again, at the end, again, with the Daleks and the Cybermen. Were these mm-hmm. proper Daleks or...? No. Uh, the Eye Daleks. The Eye Daleks. Ah. Yeah, Teletubby Daleks. Um, <laughs> there's... 
they had rigged up a laser beam so to come out roughly from where the Daleks were towards the Cybermen, mm. and one of the Cybermen had a, a flare on its chest that was set off. So, oh, it, so it blew up. Mm. So it yeah. looked like oh, it was right. exploding. Ooh. Fountain of sparks. Fountain of sparks come out a little bit. Yeah. I, I was told... Me. As Health and Safety Executive <laughs> for Greenwich Council Housing Division, I'd like to point out that that would be completely unacceptable in a housing situation to have a flare sticking out of someone's chest. Thank you. Uh, it wasn't a, in a house, it was in an arena, and it wasn't in Greenwich, it was in Wembley. But it was inside a building. <laughs> <laughs> well, at one point they had Liz 10 yep. running down through the aisles firing a gun. Yeah. Was it actually Liz 10? I'm no. not sure if it was, but no, it was it somebody wasn't. dressed up to look like her. Oh, with, with the mask. Yeah. Like her. No, without the no, mask. Without oh, mask. Right. The, the, it wasn't, her, wasn't Sophie... Uh, what's okay, her face? No, the, there is one thing that I rem- that scene reminds me of. When, or pointed out to me, when the winders mm-hmm. marched up, before Liz 10 came up, you got the winders walked up through the audience, you know, looking very mean, serious mm. and sturdy, and stomped up there. After Liz 10 started running around firing a gun... The Smilers walked back. They had the, the smiley face on. So yeah. They had yeah. the complete mask. Ooh. So they walked up to the air, up to the end of the uh, auditorium. Nobody saw them. They had swapped their masks, their masks. and they, came back. They put on masks because originally it was human. Yeah. And then they come back as Smilers, which mm. I thought was a very nice... That's very good. Mm. Yeah, very yeah, nice yeah. point. Starting to wish I'd gone there. <laughs> <laughs> it was well worth going. It, it was yeah. worth it. Uh, it. It was quite well f- worth it. And the music is very, very good. Yes. Mm. What they did with their, their small band. As I said, for a cut-down band. I really wish they would release it on CD. Yeah. Some of these bits of music. Uh, there is, it's because they didn't have the instrumentation there, as we said, some of the tracks were slightly more rocky, where mm. they had uh, replaced, electric guitar replaced certain mm, yeah. intr- instruments, which they didn't have access to, with an, a bass electric guitar. Like that, That'd yes. be, it'd be nice if they did bring it out. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It would. The you think... choir was quite interesting too. Yes. They, they'd come out and walk across the stage during their, their singing. Oh, really? Oh, oh yes. yeah. Crikey, yeah. that's impressive. Mm. Yeah. It's hard enough knowing how to breathe when you're singing, let alone concentrating <laughs> on walking yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance of it coming out as a DVD? Uh, I would they, like they did, it. They did it with Barnum. So. I would like it to come out of a DVD. They did have a camera there. They had one camera that was to film the audience. Yeah, it was oh. for oh. various reaction shots you got mm-hmm. thrown up on the big yeah, screen. On the screen. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Any, any of you lot get on? No, that? Uh, oh, no, we were too far back. Too far back. And too old. And uh, <laughs> too old. Yeah, but I don't think there was enough cameras there to have filmed the whole thing uh, oh, effectively no. to, to no. sell it as a DVD. Mm. Mm. So very nice effects with uh, the way they brought Matt Smith into the show. I was very impressed with those, yeah. yeah. He was on the big screen f- at first, yeah. talking from the TARDIS. And then later on he gets spoilers here. He gets yeah. captured, of course, and has to break out of the uh, mini minimizer. Minimizer. And you had the problem then of how do you get Matt Smith onto the stage even though he's not in the mini, yeah. the uh, minimizer anymore. And I'm not going to spoil how they did it, but it was very effective. They had, they had managed to get him on stage, human size reacting with the people yeah. actually That's on the stage. Mm. I'd, so, so I'd, I take it this is all different stuff to the stuff he did at the proms. The, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot different. A lot filmed. Different. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So you'd go and see it again? I, if I could. Yeah, if I could, yeah. I would. If it was yeah. a bit cheaper. If it was a lot cheaper. <laughs> it is quite yeah. expensive. Yeah, that's the only downside. One's at Family for Four. Was working, we worked it out for about how much? Was it 200? Or? About 200 pounds, yeah. probably. Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. yeah. It's 40-odd pounds on average, a probably, ticket. a ticket. Yeah. yeah. 
And Not then... quite so concerned about going now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm glad I did. But yeah, I'm really glad mm. I went. Construct number just... two seemed to thoroughly yeah. enjoy it. Oh, oh yeah. We got more out of him than... Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Another point has just occurred to me. You had uh, this, the audience was seeded with actors. Mm. So, uh, as I said, the uh, Jadoon come along and picked on someone mm. who, who did the standard spiel, which they recorded and plugged back in. And the Cybermen picked on someone, grabbed someone up, dragged him up onto the stage <laughs> and cybertized him. Oh. So, they, it, Took his brain out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think the audience was seeded. I'm not sure now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So where's it going next? It's in Sheffield as of tonight. Ah, the Sheffield um, Even Sheffield as area. we speak. Yeah. Mm. He's grabbing the T-shirt. And the programme, which... £10 for a programme, but it's a nice programme. It's a nice programme. It was cheap nice, for a programme, uh, It was £10 a programme, and there were, the T-shirts were about £20. T-shirts were £20, which is a... It's a Sheffield area on the 12th <laughs> and 13th of October. <laughs> Proofreading! <coughs> Glasgow on not the 15th anymore, that's been cancelled, the 16th and Ooh. 17th October. Birmingham NIA... 18th, 19th, it's like 20th. missing in action, but with an N. <laughs> uh, <okay>. National <laughs> Indoor Arena. Oh, right, OK. Uh, 22nd, 23rd, 24th in Manchester. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. on the 25th and 26th of October. And then Cardiff, four days, 28th <laughs> to the 31st of October. Liverpool, 2nd, 3rd of November. And then Belfast to the final date on the 6th and 7th of November at the Odyssey Arena. Might try and go to Cardiff. Cardiff <laughs> is tempting. <laughs> There's... Just reading that out, it's just reminded me. The there were um, it was it's a it's a kids show. It's definitely yeah. aimed. Oh, yeah. It's definitely yeah, it's aimed good. for the eight year olds. Yeah. But there's a little bits for the hardcore fan in yeah. there, such as it's mentioned that he is a showman who is doing travelling the show with the greatest show in the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's uh, advertising a. Carnival of monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when the Daleks do show up, the whole thing is uh, been following the Dalek master plan, mm-hmm. <laughs> and exterminating the Doctor is the destiny of the Daleks. Yeah, yeah lots of things. Mm-hmm. Like lots that. of tips yeah. of the hat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's a shame that they didn't get uh, Karen Gillan to do any special stuff. Oh, so much. <laughs> and say, the, the Doctor's there in the TARDIS talking to Vorgensen and the yeah. audience, but there's no sign of her at all. No. She's just got married. Mm. So we, 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 don't know where she, we don't know whereabouts it takes place in the fifth season because there's no sign of her and there's no sign of Rory. No. Oh, we could have done no, with some Rory. So <laughs> there is a reference to her that in this show, Vorgensen does a, a yeah. clip show of her. Yeah. Mm. So she is mentioned, but uh, not by the Doctor. And, and he gets we, he gets a load of loveling killips. You should have seen the smile on his face. <laughs> God. <laughs> and uh, Nick Briggs was in there oh, as, yes. as Churchill as well. Yes, Excellent. the only other real human, human character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he did a good job, I thought. I thought, yeah, yeah. Again, it was very much a caricature of Churchill, but still a good, yeah. a good Churchill impersonation. He had to be a bit broader, probably on yeah. that sort of stage. The, 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 he was there with the walking stick, and for a brief minute, brief couple of minutes, Yoda flashes through your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so he nearly got it. Yeah, <laughs> but on the whole, yes, thumbs up. I have, I'm holding my thumb up here. He is. Oh, yeah. Mm, Very good. If if you can catch it, do catch it. Do so. There's various clips on YouTube, but they don't really do it justice to what I've seen so far.
Tony, some of us have been watching television, haven't we? No. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, dear. Yeah. Mm, a little bit. Occasionally. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I actually keep it anymore. I watch it so rarely. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> what have we been watching, young Crumbly? No. Young? <laughs> no, you're the same age as me. <laughs> you're not allowed to laugh at anyone for claiming to be young. <laughs> you're in cla- the final box of life. I oh. have never claimed <laughs> to be young. That's the whole thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a shame Jean's not here. It is. Oh, yes. She would say, well, I don't know. It's not very good, really, is it? I don't like it at all. I mean, well, what are they trying to say? And, you know, I mean, Gwen's not even called Guinevere. And, you know, they're all so very young. They need to be battle-hardened veterans to make this work. (laughs) That was Merlin. (laughs) I, on the other hand, am thoroughly enjoying this series. Um... Merlin is what we're reviewing, in case yes. you didn't notice. Yes. Yeah. Um, I I said that. <laughs> <laughs> they are certainly, how can I put it, upping the ante this season. They're trying to get it closer to, well, I won't say closer to, but along the lines of the mythology. Yeah, you've got a, a mm. bad Morgane, yeah, finally. Yeah, she has finally turned nasty. Mm. Mm. Pointy yes. teeth. She has not got pointy, pointy teeth. teeth. <laughs> not for the mouth, anyway. <laughs> And we're we're entering um, Are we? the era of battle. We've had Ooh. our first mm. first little big punch up. I think yeah, quite like. Lord of the Rings. Yes, it? yeah, spending yeah. the money on that. You, you can see where the, the money was going. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah. But yes, it is certainly better than Robin Hood. Oh, crazy! <laughs> oh, Robin Hoodie yeah. by a mile. Mm. Yeah, and it's clearly aimed at the same audience as Doctor Who is in theory, although. I don't think it quite manages to be quite as wide yeah, well, as Doctor Who. As I, said, uh, as I said before, Doctor Who have got a lot of old crumblies hanging on. Yeah, <laughs> true. Don't let him talk to you like that. <laughs> no, hang on. <laughs> um, I think but, the characterisation this series, this season even, has been much better than yeah. it was in the first. Well, the... the, mm, the this is third now, isn't yeah. it? Mm. The, the, the actors and the writers are more used to... Who they're portraying? Yeah, they've hit their stride. Yeah, who who they're portraying and who they're uh, writing for? Yeah, mm, maybe, maybe. I'm still not particularly convinced by the angle they're taking with Merlin himself. What What do you mean? He's in the opening credits. John Hurt's character calls him uh, a young, young boy. boy. He's 26 mm. if he's a day. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, he was. Anyway. Well, the guy has to shave twice during the <laughs> during the episode. <laughs> what did but, you shave? <laughs> I'm not being rude. You, you can pitch as many possible rude lines as you like, but I'm not biting. Uh-huh. You're sucking. <laughs> Please edit that one out. <laughs> oh, you know where it's going to go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but uh, he's a bit of a Clark Kent character, Merlin. Yeah. Just yeah. how high do he is? How high the fact is his magic? Well, he has to because it's illegal to perform sorcery. Only because they wrote it that way. Yeah, not, but, you, know, you, you can't have him flaunting his sorcery when everyone else thinks it's illegal. Yeah, he but they come can... out well, and indeed. say, I am a sorcerer. <laughs> it's not well, 
like being gay. If, all your friends aren't going to go, yeah, we knew, here, buy us a drink. And so if, <laughs> They're if, going to hang him from the highest yard arm. If you're quibbling... Well, it's not as going to be chucked in a witch's stall. And all. Yes, if you're quibbling will. about mythology, Merlin should be ageing backwards. Oh, yeah. He should be an old man well, that's man probably what this. it is. He is an old man. Mm. It's just he's hit it before <laughs> Arthur. Well, he's uh-huh. very well preserved. He is. <laughs> and don't you love the bromance between him and Arthur? <laughs> oh, Lots of Merlin. manly chucks, chucks on the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, long, and... lingering looks. Yeah. Oh, it's broke back, Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of exchanging of friendly insults. Ex- but... Oh, exchanging of friendly insults. I thought you were going to say exchanging of something else. <laughs> uh, no, we're not being rude. <laughs> Although Uther... Very disappointed, very hypocritical in the last oh, yes. episodes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I tried to put myself in his position. I thought, if my kids, one of my kids was going to die and the only way to stop it was to sell my soul to the devil, could I do it? And I don't know. I don't think I could. I think, mm. actually, I think we've been proved how hypocritical uh, Uther has been in the past. Yeah, Because I, mm. so, yeah. I could be mistaken, but I think... The only reason we have Arthur is because of some magical deal that Uther Oh, yeah, did. he got... Um, if you follow the mythology, mm-hmm. he got Merlin to um, bewitch the wife of his enemy so yeah. that she thought he was her husband. Yeah. And so they, they could... did a bit of bonky-bonky. They, that, that, that's the, that's the uh, mythology. I think mm-hmm. they have actually specifically addressed that in this series. I think Ooh. it was the climax to series okay. one. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Okay. I think so. I it was the climax to se- series one it was about various dodgy deals that Uther had performed. Yeah. It, I do think with Uther, um, he does seem to protest too much. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he turns out... Or it might just be, like you said, he's used sorcery before for his own yeah. means. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he does seem to be far too obsessively opposed to sorcery. Yeah. I would be very suspicious if I was living mm. in Camelot. Good night to the round yeah. table. Well, he, he lets. Have to push the pram a lot. They're doing their own song. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. So I've got to remember the name. Uh, they let Victor Meldrew, or uh, Uther lets Victor Meldrew's character. Gaius. Gaius. Let's him hang around, even though he knows that Gaius has a past yeah. with sorcery. And he's mm. automatically assuming Gaius has used sorcery to save Morgana. Yeah. And is willing to just brush it under the carpet yeah. because it's, again, when doing it something him. to his own yeah. means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure about this other character, Morgos. Morgos, her I mean, sister. Our, yeah. our, our resident Arthurian expert yeah. can tell us whether she's genuine or been added. I think she's been added. Mm. I, yeah. I, I don't recognise the no, name Morgana from any... was a was a lone wolf. Yeah, I don't mm. recognise yeah. the name from any myths that I know. But I think in some versions she does exist. I'm looking at mm. Wikipedia right now. <laughs> and, uh... oh, I, I would try and remember, but my laryngitis has Taken my memory away. The sister or half sister of King Arthur. Now that is Morgane. Mm. This where uh, more goes. It says more goes. because that's that's something they've just introduced the episode that they've just shown. They've decided she's his daughter. She's decided yeah. that she is also a daughter of a Uther. child of Uther, who yeah. Arthur is, which is. But the, in the in the legend, she's not. She's Arthur's half sister because the, she's the daughter yeah. of the woman mm, that yeah. Uther. Bonked. Uh, mm, this is confusing me. Yeah. Is it Vivian? Oh, what? No, no, Morgan's that's the mother. that's the young ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very confusing. It is very confusing, and I never understood it to begin with, and I'm sure this has made it even worse mm. for people who do <laughs> yeah. know it. 
Do you know what I love m- most about Arthur? I think we've mentioned it before. What I love most about Arthur is the casting of the character Gwen has <laughs> pissed off the British National Party. <laughs> in which, case, that would, which would make yes. me watch it anyway, yes. even if I didn't yeah, like they're, it. They're well, up in arms. The BNP um, were up in arms because uh, Gwen is played by a person of skin other than white. All right. Yeah. Gwen of it. They're not happily, happily no. happy at all. So she's technically classed as a moor. Oh, what? A moorish. A moor. Yeah, okay. probably. Yeah. Mm. yeah, she's very good though. I wish. Oh yeah. just, I wish she'd just kiss the guy and get it over well, with. The problem with her is they don't even know what to do with her character. No, she she's seems to flit. It. She's um, she wasn't the first. She was more in the first series and second series. Third series, she seems to have really dropped she off. Gone, yeah. Mm. Yeah. But what, what is worrying me is are Arthur and Morgan? Are we going to have a Leia and Luke situation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably. God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I well, so. I mean, that's uh, how Mordred was meant to have come along. Yes, yeah, um, Morgaine. Yeah, yes. she, um, <clears throat> with Arthur. Yes. But Mordred is already existing in this Mordred universe. always already exists in the TV series. Yeah, as a young boy. Mm. A real young boy, not yeah. a 26-year-old. <laughs> 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 now, at the moment, um, I wasn't sure about the first series, Caught bits of the second series, which I enjoyed, but the third series is again mm. dragging me back at the moment. Really I'm still liking watching it. it. It's a bit on and off. Yeah, you have an episode where it seems to be high drama, yeah, big arc type stuff going. On. Then you have a silly one like a goblin's got yes. this. They, 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 <laughs> yeah, they, do, <laughs> they do have. Oh come on, that was funny. <laughs> it, it wasn't as bad as I feared. <laughs> they, they do have trouble with the padding episodes. Yeah. <laughs> The Goblin one, there was absolutely no point to it at all. If you hadn't opened that barrel for yeah. no reason whatsoever. Yeah, the, the barrel <laughs> sitting in the corner going, <laughs> yeah, in which case you leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But Richard Wilson did a good comic turn. Oh, he did. you yeah. could tell he was enjoying himself he was. in that one. Yeah, and Tony Head with a bald head. Oh, yes. God. funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't do that to Giles. No. Again, this latest series, they seem to have. Um, Uther seems to be taking more of a, a back seat. It True, seems yeah. to be focusing more on the relationship between Merlin and Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, is probably how it should be. Well, yeah. But where, how do yeah. they move it forward? They've got to kill off Uther or something. Uther can't Uther be has, there. Uther mm. has to die for yeah. Arthur to take the throne. Yeah. So perhaps that will be the climax of the uh, this mm, series of this or series, the next yeah. series, depending on how it goes. The King's yeah. Dad. You know, have it like the Queen Mum, have her move to one side, and you've got the King's the Dad. The King's Dad. It doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I just can't see them getting rid of Tony Head, though. Because he, he is a name. He's a name yeah. that's attracted yeah. people. Yeah. But then so is Richard Wilson, and there's no, re- no reason to get rid of him at all. Yeah. No, I don't know where they're going to go yeah. with it. Unless they just, they just decide to go for the romantic ending, and Uther's going to step aside for Arthur, and I can't, finishes I can't with the see, coronation. I, I can't see the Uther romantic endings, or Merlin and Arthur were going to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> you notice I'm the only one not being rude. At the, moment, at the moment, the way the character's portrayed, I can't see Uther doing that. I can't see you sir, just no, stepping he's, to he's one side. No, he's, he's, he's got too arrogant. He's too die. Yeah, he's yeah. Too, too arrogant, too much of a control freak. Yeah. yeah. But then Arthur's arrogant. But, At the know. moment, yeah. I, I just wish that they'd get on with it and get King Arthur, mm-hmm. get Merlin 
with his proper powers, mm. he should be more like the Doctor. He should be out there saving people and... Oh, yeah, completely. Um, that, he should the, be like the seventh Doctor. He shouldn't be hiding the, the fact... But he's, he's just, just a young boy. The, yeah. trouble, the, trouble is, <laughs> the trouble is they're trying to do and repeat the success of Smallville. They are, and, and Smallville has been going on for ten years now. And he's still how. 16. <laughs> yeah, without yeah. him stepping out into the cloak. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. you know, they're going to try to drag it they're going to try to maintain the status quo and drag it out for as long as they can. Well, they're obviously getting the ratings, or they wouldn't yeah. have given it a third series. Yes. Yeah, apparently it's getting better ratings than Robin Hood. Robin Hood was awful. It, the problem Robin Hood was the casting, really. I think. Mm. Well, Robin they're taking, liberty, yeah. taking liberties with history as well, so... Well, I mean, so's this. Really. I don't mind so much the taking mythology. liberties with yeah. history, but if yeah. I don't believe the characters it. It, and the actors annoy yeah. the yeah. hell out of me, then I'm not going to watch if it's it. Not, if it's not dragging me back, if it's not making me sit down and watch it, and be engaged with the characters and, and being horrified when they're in trouble or happy when they succeed, mm. then it's not going to survive and I'm not going to watch it. Mm. Yep. All these characters are good. Yeah, in, mm-hmm. in uh, yeah. various various ways. Yeah, Murdy no, himself just... a bit of a fool from time to time, but he yeah. does it well. He's obviously yeah. going to be very popular with the kids. He's, he's that sort of character. Yeah, yeah. even if he is thirty-five, <laughs> 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 pretty much. Oh dear, Colin Morgan. Let's have a quick look. How he was he in. Really? He was in Midnight. He was. He was. He was the boy in Midnight. He was Jethro. He was. He's twenty-four actually. <laughs> yeah, we weren't far wrong, then, were we? <laughs> no. I, talking to the bromance, I think they did that for a comic relief. What, Arthur and Merlin? Arthur and Upper Merlin. Upper tree. Romance. I know they did a they did a silly for one of the um added features on the DVD they did a silly rock tune. Yeah. The two yeah. of them long lingering looks. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Heavy ballad. You do get the feeling they probably do have a bit of fun making this. Oh, yes. it sounds yeah. Like oh yeah. yeah. They, well, as I said, going back to the Richard Wilson Goblin one, you could tell he yeah. was enjoying that. It, yeah. it was a bit chance to act outside the box no man of his years should stick his tongue out that much <laughs> oh, yeah. that's just not yeah, right that, that was slightly disturbing <laughs> it was, that was it, <laughs> yeah but it's definitely worth a look and it i think you're right it is getting better yeah as yeah. it goes the, continues as, it, as, the, as it's going down the course of history they are upping the ante yeah. yeah. If you're looking for perfect allegiance to the legend then you're really going to be oh, disappointed yeah don't don't oh, go anywhere yeah, near yeah, it yeah. watch excalibur yeah, that's got cool music as well. <laughs> and Arthur's got a Wiltshire accent, yes. which is how it should have been. Probably, yeah. And, and Merlin's got a silver skull cap. Mm. And swears a lot. Yes. yes. <laughs> Chases after fish and swears a lot, yeah. <laughs> right, we've heard from Dave Hingley. Hello, Dave! Dave says, Hello, team, and of course the various decapitated heads, plastic and cardboard Amy's. <laughs> Great show, an interesting talk on Silver Nemesis. Have to agree with Crumbly. Of course. Well, I'm not reading this, sir. <laughs> no, rubbish. Next is a great piece. I had the good fortune to meet the director, Barry Purves, a few years ago. A really interesting person. If you like Next, you could also check no. out Screenplay which is about the willow pattern plate and using Japanese theatre techniques. Does this mean anything mm. to you? Yeah, shop next. Okay. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I just had an image of jumpers in my head. <laughs> yeah. And that's Benetton, so, you know. <laughs> Red Dwarf Season great. 4 was brilliant. There oh, was yeah. a definite yep, yep. change in the show from Season 3 onwards. Oh, While the first oh, yeah. two were basically a sitcom that happened to be set in space, from Season 3 it's moved to be a sci-fi show that was more comedic. Thanks again, so, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Dave. Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah. Definitely. We have one here from 
Bob. Bob. Hello. Bob. Hello. Bob. Bob. Bobby. Bob. 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 Sacred Bob. Mm. He says, Dear Staggering Stories team and Spearhead number four, the head of Pertwee. Pertwee. Sorry I didn't send in any feedback for the last podcast, but like many other listeners, it seems, I took fake Keith and Gene being in the same room together, as well as the news that you will be reviewing Red Wolf Series 4 to be signs of the apocalypse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so stocked up on the canned foods and headed down to the shelters. Good idea. Unfor- yep. Unfortunately, I got locked in and only had copies of the Doctor Who stories, The Horns of Nymon, oh. and Delta and the Bannermen oh. for entertainment. You just haven't planned ahead. <laughs> the horror, the horror. What happened to your podcast disc? You should have taken all of that with you. Yeah. Yeah. Though, oddly, I seem to have gotten through the experience oddly unscathed. <laughs> That's uh, worrying. I can only attribute this to my time on the flashing blade with Tony giving me some sort of hu- immunity. <laughs> 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 Children. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, well done on another fantastic podcast. Though Thank in you. podcast 86, you asked about what happened to the witch stone that Clem was supposed to leave at the bottom of the oh, ocean. Oh, yes. yes. And thought that it was an open-ended plot hole. It wasn't, yeah. though. Oh, oh Clem left it in his wife's locker on the first submarine when he went to get a replacement motherboard in episode three. Ah. So he did, in fact, leave it at the bottom of the sea. Must, must have missed that. Just thought I'd too. Sorry, I am pedantic like this sometimes. No, no, no. So we. I agree with everything you said in your Red Dwarf section. Series 4 is one of my favourite series. The Waxworld episode was my favourite episode. <laughs> the yeah. scene where Lister describes Winnie the Pooh's execution by a firing squad. <laughs> yep. Someone no one should ever have to see. <laughs> Never face, fails to have me rolling around on the floor in hysterics, especially when we are told he has refused the blindfold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that had we actually seen the scene, it would not, not have been as funny. It was much have funnier in our minds. Yep. yep. It was a bear of great courage. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. But a little brain. Yep. A strong poo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'd better go. But I may write back again after the next Babylon 5 commentary is published to make up for last time's lack of feedback. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All hail, El Presidente. Be nice to real mm. Keith. Bob be with you. Bob of the Flashing Blade. Thank Thanks, you, Bob. sacred Bob. Or scared Bob. Or even scared <laughs> Bob, yeah. Right, I have one here from Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Dear... The Heads of Staggering Stories. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. A little (laughs) confused by your deadlines. I'm reliably informed that if I send this email now, it will be heard in about a month's time. Or something. (laughs) About three weeks, I think. The other problem is that I finished Mr. Dalek and the Invasion of the Teletubbies! I take it he wrote that in capital letters. With an exclamation mark Uh, at the end. And I have read it too. Oh, God. It is very good. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) This isn't actually a problem, but I ended up finishing about six hours after you put up your monthly update. So now I have to wait another month to get it up. Anyway, yes, I finished it. Hooray! It's very Hooray! good. I think so. Yeah. But it probably needs a little work. I've sent it down to Benjamin Element. Uh, Ele- Benjamin Element. He's <laughs> <laughs> on a gold and silver and Zeon. Benjamin Element. Like someone invented by Stan <laughs> Lee. This is Benjamin <laughs> Element. <laughs> Benjamin <Sorry>. Element. <laughs> I've sent it down to. Off he went with a trumpet. Trump, Trump, Trump. Sorry. I've sent it down to Benjamin Elliot for his approval. And then I'll give you. Uh, I'll, 
<laughs> You'll give it gas. Oh, no, and then it's a go. Yeah. It's going to feed it some Klingon food. I'll give it gas. <laughs> and then it'll go to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, give me some skin. <laughs> and then it'll go to you. And then what? <laughs> I what? did say that I wasn't going to do any more, Mr. Dalek, and I think I'll stick by that. Aww. At least until Aww. Benji finishes up his reign of terror. But mm. I've had an amazing Sorry, idea Benji's about... Benji's reign of terror. That's scary. That's what it says. Benji's Accompanied by his horse, terror. Binky. <laughs> his horse. Uh, horse. Horse. Uh, horse. <laughs> Well, what did he say? Horse. <laughs> what do you think he said? <laughs> but I have an amazing idea about a new piece of Doctor Who fanfic, which uh-huh. I'll give to you, you guys when I finish start. It probably won't be up for the next update, but maybe the one after that. Excellent. I won't give any details away at the moment since it's mm. all a little bit up in the air, but I can give you the title. Mm. A Note from a Song. How Ooh. enigmatic. Mm. Great work last podcast. I particularly enjoyed the impromptu debate on the Grand Moff. I'd like to pose the question to your beloved El Presidente. Mm. <coughs> if I may. In the last few podcasts, you've been singing the praises of the 11th hour to the sky. I mm. completely agree with you. Watch again today, actually. I think it might actually be my favourite episode. You've also previously claimed that you thought The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances to be the best Doctor Who story ever. Mm. Now The Eleventh Hour has come along. Do you think it's better than The Empty Child and therefore the best Doctor Who story ever? Ever. It's got her in it. (laughs) (laughs) It does have that advantage. Mm-hmm. She looks good in the police uniform. Um, I don't know. It's a tough one. And when you're saying ever, this means for all time, completely, utterly. Well, he's and not signing forever. anything. He can change <laughs> his mind. No, no, no. It's the best Doctor Who story ever. That includes anything past, present, or future. Now or that's just silly. Time. <laughs> Say no, because you know it's not. <laughs> I'm sorry, but her in a skirt. A short skirt. Just think mm, with your right. brain, not with your hormones. No, it can't be done. She pulls her hat off all the hair. <laughs> yeah, but the girl on the shampoo advert does that. <laughs> and it's not a police uniform, it's a kissogram uniform. Probably not. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Just say no. He's cogitating. Mm. Just say no. The beads of sweat say are forming no. on his forehead. Just say no. His ears are burning. <laughs> We've had a logic crash. He, 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 oh, he's down. We've got to reboot. Yeah. <laughs> crank him. <laughs> Need to crank him again. Um, I don't know. I have to reserve judgment. Oh, oh sit on the fence and get splinters in your bum. They're so close. They're so different. Yes, one's got Amy and the other one hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a well-written piece of fiction. Oh, they're both well-written. They were brilliantly written. They're both Moffat, of course. But the uh, empty child has such great atmosphere and suspense, and it's so frightening for children, I think. And the 11th hour has got great atmosphere and suspenders, so, you know. Oh, yeah, it's got great suspenders. <laughs> but the 11th hour was, wasn't scary, wasn't meant to be scary. I mean, no. just, the, the crack in the wall thing might scare children, but not to the same extent. But it's so much fun. He's gazing lovingly at Cardboard Amy as he's saying. <laughs> She's there with her fez on, wrapped up in a fourth Doctor's scarf, well, yeah. mm. gazing at Crumbly. Why? Because she is. That's um, the way her eyes have been painted. Mm. <laughs> Printed. I don't know. Anyway, you, back to the letter from Patrick. She loves you. Anyway, moustache, <laughs> the voices in my head are telling me to go back to the big white room again. Oh. I get often. 
get that. I do. do, you? Yes, you do. I do. Often. That's not the voices I, in your I, head. That's me telling you to go and sit in the shed and no. be quiet. I, I plead <laughs> the headaches. Mm-hmm. From Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. And thank you, Ruthless Benji, as well. Yes. I hope the reign of terror goes well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're going to be fighting against El Presidente with his benevolent dictatorship. Benevolent, you say? Yes. Right. <laughs> Who's next, El Prez? It be Bob. Again? Bob. Sacred Again, Bob. It is. Scared Hello, Bob. Sacred. Hello, scared Bob. Hello, Bob. Sacred Bob. Or we could call him Creased Bob. <laughs> I think that works. Creased Bob. Sacred, scared, and creased. Creased. Okay. Well, there's not quite enough letters, but it's... Not quite. Nearly. Uh, nearly. <laughs> anyway, Bob says... Bob. Bob. Dear Staggering Story team and the one that has not yet passed beyond the outer rim, the <laughs> head of Pertwee. <laughs> Told you I'd be back. You well, did. Dear. Well done to the lads for what has proven to be one of the highlights of the week. Raised some interesting points in this week's commentary. Oh, well done you. When Bester first stepped onto the screen, all I could think was, oh look, there's Chekhov. Say <laughs> nuclear wessels. Nuclear wessels. Her eyes proved drastically wrong. Best of turned out to be one of the best realised enemies in the whole show. Yep. The character was not overplayed, and you immediately got the feeling that he was up to something, and he was constantly scheming. The other good thing about the character was he was never overused, so didn't become panto like some TV villains become. <laughs> it also reinforced the idea which we had been given earlier in the series that the Psychor were not what they seemed to be and had an agenda mm. of their own. Yep, definitely. Mm. I also like the discussion about Shakar. I must disagree with what you said about him being portrayed as a villain. <laughs> I always saw him as a character who, through a tragic past, had grown up having to be sneaky and devious to get what he wanted for himself and his people, and had used it to good effect as a politician. His speech at the end about the ant and the mysteries of the universe remains my favourite of the series. Yeah, mm, yes, and Indeed, definitely. one of my all-time favourite sci-fi speeches. Like Londo, he is one of my favourite characters of the series, though this might have something to do with the fact that the two were very much a double act in the first yes. season. <laughs> I don't think you could have separated them, really. No. As for the dead-end plot lines... Well, things can't really be helped if people want to leave. At least when Sinclair was replaced by Sheridan, the mammoth running times have brought down considerably. Much at a different talking speed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mustache. I hope this makes up for last week's lack of feedback. No? no. Certainly does. <laughs> Bob, to be with you. Bob of the Flashing Blade. Thank PS. you, Priest Bob. Ironheart. Grrr. Sorry, couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you, Bob. Thank, thank you, you. Yes. thank you, Sacred Bob. Yeah, I must say, I do really enjoy doing those B5 comments. Yeah, mm, yes. yeah, like I said, coming back to it now, so many years afterwards, there are bits that you forgot, but also there's bits that you didn't notice. Yeah. And every time I watch it, there are bits that I have not noticed before. Like you mentioned with the um, <coughs> clenched fist of Bester. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any more feedback? We have a couple of bits of audio feedback here. Okie dokie. Okay, I have one here from Joshua. Hello, Joshua. Hello, Joshua. Joshua. Joshua's from California. That's where we're going. Hello, Staggering Stories crew. This is Joshua from Sacramento, California again. Hello. Hello. Great podcast. Hey. On the subject of Silver Nemesis. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. Um, and I guess, as they say, memory cheats. Yeah. I have not watched Silver Nemesis since it was new. <laughs> or at least... As new as new could be, uh, you know, here in America. Mm. It was back in 88, 89. I was all of mm, 12. (laughs) So I thought it was awesome, and those are my memories of it. I remember thinking, this is a really, really cool show. And I haven't (laughs) seen it since. And Ah. I am now 33. So I I wonder how much the intervening decades would, would change my view 
Mm. I haven't gone back to check yet, but <laughs> I'm just interested. Yeah, it must tell us what or you Or maybe do. I shouldn't. Sometimes best Just so to. I don't sully the memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, other oh, thoughts. Um, thank you for including my 30-second recommendation. Although, at the time of this recording, which is the 7th, the Who Noobs haven't updated their podcast, which is a little disappointing. Ooh. They're usually updated on Tuesdays. Today is Thursday, and they haven't uh, included their next episode, which is supposed to be the... Uh, Brink of Disaster, second part of the Edge of Destruction. So I hope, hopefully, by the time that uh, you record, they'll actually will have included yeah. their next Tis out. next Tis show. Out now, yeah. I'm interested to see He's what their just thoughts are. His laptop. I also have another 30 second recommendation. I haven't written this out, and so I'm not sure. I'm going to try my best to stay within the 30 seconds. <laughs> Let's just uh, see how well this goes. Let's start. Now, my recommendation is for the series Fringe. Follows the story of a female FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation agent, who is given the opportunity to enter this new division of the FBI that deals in fringe science and unexplained events. It's along the lines of X-Files or Torchwood, but with unusual splashes of humor, excellent acting, and an very intriguing long-term plot arc. If you don't have it, find the DVDs. Just one word of warning, don't watch it while you're eating. (laughs) I think I made it. Okay. Um, Take care, y'all, and I look forward to the next show. Bye-bye. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds messy. I've watched Fringe. I've I've got season one on DVD. Still in cellophane. Uh, I have no time to watch it. it, I think... Um, I think it's very much should be one of the ones up for commentary run. I really, I've heard it's. I've, quite I've enjoyed good. from what I've got, and but. and the plot arc, which begins to kick in the latter part of the season. Okay, yeah, is as he says, very intriguing. Oh, very good. intriguing. Okay. Mm. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's, who's. I did initially hear mixed reviews of Fringe when it first came out, when so I fr- assume it gets better. Yeah, when it first came out, it was very much a, an X Files rip off. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. as the season progresses. They have introduced a very interesting arc, mm. and oh god, I'm trying to remember the name. Nimoy? No, 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 no. no. The father. I'm trying to remember. Peter Griffin. No. <laughs> one of the, one of the characters in there is a father, right? Oh, good for him. Yeah, but he. <laughs> they get him from a mental asylum. Ah, oh, Murdoch. Almost a Murdoch. <laughs> he's, he's very, very gentle, very childlike, but how can I put it? Occasionally, very lethal. In what he does, okay. Construct number two. He doesn't, he, he doesn't actually understand the consequences of his actions at the time. Oh wow! I must admit, this, the trailer for the latest Fringe um, involves a girl being able to sidestep through parallel universes. That's, that's that, that, that looks the, pretty mm, damn interesting. That, that is <laughs> the, the essential plot arc because mm. she does meet the Leonard Nimoy character in the Twin Towers in the alternative world. Oh, yeah, okay. parachute. <laughs> no, it's present day, so oh, okay. the Twin Tower shouldn't, shouldn't be there. Any other feedback? Yes, we have one more bit of feedback. Audio Would feedback. Could this be from Reese? It could be our good friend Reese, <laughs> who on the latest podcast said that we're his favourite podcast. Oh, oh Reese! We love you. Most appreciated. I love you as well, Reese. I think you're wonderful. Will you stop fussing, Reese? Sorry. <laughs> He recovered. Let's find out. <laughs> Dear team, this is Reese. Hello, Reese. I just Hello, Reese. thought I'd 
give this bit of feedback to justify what I was saying. Oh. I might have to say that sentence again and sh- sound less Shatner-like. <laughs> I thought that I'd send in this feedback to justify what I was saying <laughs> about Stephen Moffat being over-hyped. Anyway, um, he knows I well think well. it's not just that he's overhyped, it's how he's treated by the fans. I mean, you guys come out with things like uh, Vast Toffee, MN, Master of Nightmares, yep. and things like that. Yep. And then you say things like, I don't wish to speak ill of the Vast Toffee, MN, but yep. uh, that story wasn't my favourite. <laughs> and then you don't mind turning around throwing ro- and throwing rubbish at Russell T. Davies just because he wrote Love and Monsters and a <laughs> story, but... Look at it this way. Like if it weren't for uh, Russell T. Davies, Stephen Moffat wouldn't have been able to write for Doctor Who. And mm. if it weren't for Russell T. Davies, he wouldn't be able to write Love and Monsters if he hadn't bought it back for the first series. So <laughs> no I think it's just the way he's treated and overhyped. I mean, I, I can understand he's a great writer. My favourite story of whoever is like El Presidente, The Empty Child. I'm still terrified mm. by that. It's I just the, yeah. the idea of that little lad. It's pretty incredible really what he does there and mm. the angels too in blink that they're scary but <clears throat> i don't think he is a better writer than russell t davies oh, because geez. if you think about it um all right i'll go along the series arc kind of thing that's what i'll do okay. russell t davies series arcs weren't so tied in and uh, cohesive weren't so coherent <laughs> um interwoven so well so maybe that's because now, we don't know about next year and if River Song's connected to the season arc very much at all, but, sure, sure, maybe, but yeah. maybe Stephen Moffat's had her whole entire story in, uh, in his head ever since he invented her for Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead. Really much, I believe he has, yeah. So maybe that means he's been planning these, this almost this story for years now, and he's yeah. just added the crack in the wall and mixed in the Doctor and Amy in, into the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he has had to make changes in how he writes for the Doctor for Matt Smith, but if David yeah, Tennant had stayed on like he, he was thinking about, maybe he'd have the same story arc just yeah, presumably. with Tennant, and maybe that will make it simpler to weave in the uh, River story arc. Then again, that's behind-the-scenes stuff we don't know. Maybe he hasn't had it in his mind, and he is the best writer in the universe, and I'm just a complete numpty saying all this. <laughs> but we don't know. Uh, empty Child Doctor dances again. Back to that. People say... Such wonderful characters that he's invented, like Captain Jack. I don't think he's invented him at all. I bet it was Russell T. Davies, because Russell T. Davies wrote for uh, Torchwood. I don't think Moffat's ever written for Torchwood. No. And it just seems like uh, Russell T. Davies' character. And then in that case, he went. He did what Keith said he probably did. Okay, I'll make more sense of that. Last time, Real <laughs> Keith said maybe even Russell T. Davies went over the scripts and inserted dialogue and characters into it. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah, maybe he inserted he did, yeah. um, Captain Jack I into that. I think he went that far. I think um, himself, so that way it'll be a joint script. We don't know, again, about behind-the-scenes stuff. It's just... Mm, the biggest example of this is um, the Doctor Who podcast uh, people, especially James. They say things like, um, that was actually rather subtle when they're referring to something written by Russell T. Davies, and then James says, although I never thought I'd say that about a Russell T. script. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just sometimes, now that... Stephen Moffat is the head writer and executive producer and whatnot. They can throw away the RTD time, except for the stories written by Moffat, and be happy with it. Sometimes seeing fan reactions on forums, I'm surprised they watched the show with Russell T. Davies in charge. <laughs> I'm like Mr. Chin. I'm like his... Mm-hmm. Uh, Chin from the Ministry. I'm like, <laughs> I like his point of view on Doctor Who. 
the fact that he just loves it all and can take it all in. <laughs> yeah. But I would be like that if Except if it weren't for the fact that people <laughs> treat Russell T Davies like that and uh, Stephen Moffat like that. Now, to make sure this feedback isn't the feedback of negativity, like your podcast <laughs> of negativity, of negativity a while back, <laughs> I'll give you a 30-second recommendation for Stargate Universe. No, oh, okay. Oh um, okay. Although I am excited because season two is back, and it's behaving like Torchwood in the fact that a lot of people okay. thought season one was rather schizophrenic on how it was going to go out, how it was pre- presented, but... Rewatching season two, I can agree with your review back. And oh, by the way, you have done both seasons. You did a retrospective of season one, just very briefly. Uh, that subject was raised a while ago by somebody else. Oh, okay. And Adam El Presidente couldn't remember. I am a oh, yeah. staggering stories fanboy for you. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, it's acting like tortured in that it's getting better each season so far and each episode. I mean, I can agree with a lot of people rewatching the first half of season one. That's rather boring, slow, not the best they can do. But after season two, they see it lifts up. It actually has some sort of arc, more of an arc to it as well. Mm. And that's running into season two a bit. But yes, please do check it out by all means. I do enjoy it. And it's getting better, and the actors, they're just, they're showing off their acting skills, they're very good. Uh, especially Robert Carlyle, he's, yeah, he's settled in, he's, by the looks of things, he's settled in, and he's definitely enjoying it now. He was a bit iffy about taking on a sci-fi role, because I don't think he's done that before. Well, in a series, anyway. No. But yes, um, I'll stop waffling on, because I bet after last week, when I was the only one carrying the feedback section, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yes. everyone would have gone, oh my god, I'm sorry, I forgot the uh, feedback deadline, and... I'll have to send some more in, so there are probably lots now. But yeah, I'll leave you now, and goodbye. Thank you. Okay, I know this is a bit silly, but I just realised something. I'll add here, this is all personal opinion. (laughs) Just like uh, Adam said, there's always going to be a bit of personal opinion about the Doctors, and if you disagree with me about the Stephen Moffat thing, like Real Keith said about the um, Matt Smith, and him and Gene not completely sold on him, would have to agree to disagree. But yeah. Thank you all. Okay. Thank you. I'd, I'd like to um, just repost that. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, just briefly. One, I, I'd like to point you towards uh, Star Trek Next Generation. It took three seasons for that to properly get its act together and yeah. be a very good well, show. Certainly two, the beginning of the third season, yeah. it started to get it it, it, it. it pulled together in, in the middle of the third season. Yeah, yeah. One, Reese. Read the Writer's Guide. Read the Writer's Guide final chapter. And it shows the the method, the agony that Russell T went through and the work that he actually did on all the other scripts. Oh, yeah. It's It's a very good and very enjoyable and quite a fascinating look into the process... I have to stress this, his processes of writing things. Now, I know we have knocked Russell T, but (laughs) both of them... Both Russell T and Stephen Moffat are very good writers, but they are also very different yeah, writers. Different. They yeah. have a different process and a different way for coming things. And I think it is the tradition to knock the outgoing producer and praise the incoming producer. Probably, particularly if you might feel they've stayed on a bit too long, yeah, yeah. which some people do think Rusty did with the specials particularly. But. Maybe towards the end, I'll, I'll give you that. But on the whole, but on besides the occasional gaffes that we have mentioned. But we haven't actually mentioned the better ones, which I think Doomsday is certainly the most amazing Russell T script I've ever watched. Certainly the last 
10, 15 minutes. The, well, it's a bit fanish, <laughs> the Daleks <laughs> versus Sidemen thing. Uh, but you know, ignore but that. No, it's, it's one. It's one I personally enjoy, and I, yeah, think it, yeah, I can't just, praise that one just, to the enough. Uh, Rose, which we've done culture yes, on, yeah, very, very good. Yeah, uh, Rusty really does have a way of making it feel real. Yes, down to earth. Yeah, no pun intended. Grounding it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, which is something which Moffat doesn't do, but then Moffat takes a different direction, makes yeah. it more fairy tale, more yeah, fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. More scares. Yeah. In that sort of way, but they, they are very different. What you prefer is up to you. Yeah. I personally prefer the way Moffat does it, but doesn't mean he's necessarily a better writer just a different writer yeah it's coming from from a different direction yeah yep. and as for Stargate Universe I have now seen all of season he's one seen, he has seen season one and he is currently recommending it for commentary so hopefully we might do a couple of those yeah. in the future and I have to say I didn't think it was too bad at all and it did did pick up towards the end of season one it was a bit bizarre at first why we seemed to hate Rush so much. And <laughs> the characters, even towards the end, were pretty forgettable for the most part. But, but, but there nonetheless, is a, there, there, I was drawn back to it. There is a but there. Yeah. I'll probably yeah. give it another go, because the first three episodes mm. kind of killed it for me. Yeah, you've got to get beyond those. Yeah, yeah. I just really couldn't be bothered. Yeah, it does get better. Mm. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to seeing season two. The cliffhanger that Reese was going on about so much few months back i wasn't quite as sold on it it did look like a an easy reset button situation which i'm sure is what we get <laughs> it has a feel of that sort of Star Trek next generation mm-hmm. you know it's all gonna be okay come beginning of the next episode unlike say b5 where the end of season mm. cliffhanger changes things for, yeah for real right. well what happened in b5 happened it, there was no reset no no anyway but anyway yeah yes. more, mm. it? i think that is it okay. thank you yes oh, yeah. if you want to write to us for any reason at all <laughs> you can get in touch at show at staggering stories dot net please Woo-hoo. write to us we're very lonely yes. <laughs> yep and so dear listeners that brings us to the end of yet another podcast uh, uh, but never fear in the next one there'll be more of the same uh, <laughs> in fact we should quickly say as of next time we'll be going weekly for six <gasps> weeks oh, yeah. Shock really? horror mm-hmm. to cover the sarah jane adventures yes okay <laughs> <laughs> but in the next one there'll be more of the same more fun frivolity and jollity more news and reviews more cool and new so until that cataclysmic combo crashes down upon us this is me crumbly saying be seeing you farewell goodbye i didn't come here looking for trouble i came to do the red dwarf shuffle he's hot He's sharp. Yeah. Shut up. Sorry. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 88, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fate Keith, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is now presidente production for www.staggeringstories.net. For tonight only, I'm going to be Jane. <laughs> There's nothing right about my microphone this evening. I'm going home. My one wobbles. But yeah, that's your age. You've got middle-aged spread of the microphone. I can get pills for that. Yeah, little blue ones. Apparently they don't work. Apparently they're very good for the memory. Good for the memory. Yeah, so you can no longer achieve... Fulfillment, but you and, it, and yeah. you never forget it. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that you're up all night trying to do what you were used to do all night. <laughs> well, at least it stops you rolling out of bed. You're very rude. I know. <laughs> We've been what told did I say because... earlier? I said we weren't going yeah. to be rude because people complain. We've been told off. We can't be rude because Jean's not here. That's true, yeah. Jean's got laryngitis. Mm. <laughs> She's some quiet. She's oh. talking rather like this, governor. She is. She rung me up the other day to tell me she had laryngitis and I thought I was receiving a dirty phone call. <laughs> it was just... <sighs> I got quite aroused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. We're not meant to be being rude, are we? <laughs> Remind me to work that into the conversation when she gets back. <laughs> I'll let you off, though, because you you bought us a nice map of Bath. Uh, We can go Patrick Stewart hunting. (laughs) (laughs) We're going over there. Shoot him, shoot him. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) That was very good. Well done. (laughs) Garnish it with a little, with a spattering of Doctor Who. A mouthful of Star Trek for dessert. Yeah, yeah. a mouthful of Shatner. I'm not doing it now, I feel sick. Did you have to? (laughs) You just slipped out. (laughs) That's what you said. This isn't just a podcast. This is a staggering stories podcast. So you've got a very sexy voice when you try. (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't. That's horrible. Don't say that. (laughs) Don't like girls. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's doing his best Yorkshireman impersonation. (laughs) God, whip it. (laughs) No, I was was burping. Exactly. (laughs) Belping. He was belping, Keith. Belping. It's what they do in Yorkshire. They belp. Irregular Doctor Who miniature or, or... What is it? Um... What's the name of the company? Bob. No, not Bob. <coughs> Tarquin. <laughs> Eric. Eric's a good name for a company. Bernard. Stanislav. Bernard the company. You're not helping! <laughs> you see, 46 and I've lost me marbles. <laughs> yep. You lost them well before 46. <laughs> Mabel. No, I, I, don't, I don't think we should be sexist about yeah, company true. names. Ethelred. Ethelred. You're at your own time you're wasting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Character options, that's it. Character options, it's there. I've still got it. I'm on the ball. Character options have released another irregular forbidden... (laughs) Sorry, I had an itch. Oh, (laughs) I thought you wanted to... She's about to say something. (laughs) I just forgot where I was itching, so I was waiting for it to come back. (laughs) Oh, crap. Sorry. Anyway, character options have released another. <laughs> She's putting the finger poised halfway towards her forehead. Was it my ear or was it my head? It was my head. Character options have released another irregular pack, which threw What's forbidden... the name of the company? <laughs> no, I've got coffee in my hand. You can't hurt me. It's like this um, this episode of Jackass I was watching once. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the little person of restricted stature. Dwarf. <laughs> dwarf, all right then. <clears throat> midget. <laughs> Actually, there's was... a difference between a dwarf yeah. and a midget. I'm not sure what Limbs, it was. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, he was, um, he was dressed as an Oompa Loompa and he was skateboarding. Skateboarding Oompa Loompa? Mm, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> mm. Was he orange? Well, um, yeah, it's kind of green or orange, yeah. Green? Are they green nowadays? I thought they were orange. They were They're orange. only green when they've died. Yeah. yeah. Damn. <laughs> no, that doesn't count as rude. No, just morbid. That's fine. Realised Edmie's in the whole show. Yep. 
turned, he turned his head away dramatically to sniff, as if that's really going to make a difference. I say, I say, I say, what's green and goes backwards? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh.